You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now launching Mackie and Judd We get things rolling with the opening bell Want to ring the bell? I saw a different team than I saw last week We were a different team and that's the team that we are We got you know, to correct some things to get better in certain areas But as far as like fighting Hard fought game Um you know, give the Rams a lot of credit. They did some uh, some very good things. Uh, you know, we didn't play well enough defensively, uh, in the, especially in the passing game, uh, to uh, to affect the game. But I thought offensively, uh, we did some good things, moved the ball well, um, and just came up short. Under a minute and a half to go, quarter number three, seam throw, Woods, touchdown! Last night, if you caught vent line with us uh, late last night, we certainly dissected it, but we will do so again. Vikings lose 38-31 to the Rams. In Los Angeles, it's uh, Mackie and Judd, which right now is Zolgad and Manny Hill from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil will join us at uh, 4 o'clock. But Manny, let's start here. Jared Goff was outstanding last night. This young man has turned himself into a very good quarterback. He passed for 465 yards, five touchdowns, and had a perfect passer rating, I believe becoming the first quarterback to do this against the Vikings in their history, or since this stat was developed and tracked, 158.3. Now here's the problem. As good as Goff was, this was not and is not isolated. This was what we saw last night was a high-flying offensive juggernaut. The Rams are 4-0, and offensively they are very, very good. But what we saw last night was they looked at what everybody else has done of late against this Vikings defense, and they just exploited every weakness better than most teams can. Why go at Harrison Smith when you've got Anthony Barr? Exactly. Mackenzie Alexander. There are things to dissect. But Manny Hill, I, have, I looked up some stats last night that are incredibly telling and troublesome about the Vikings and go well beyond the game last evening against the Rams in which the Vikings' uh, defense gave up 38 bleeping points. Here are the statistics. And this is from... So I'm going to take you back, actually, to the first half of the Vikings-Saints playoff game. The miracle in Minneapolis. The Minneapolis miracle. In the first half of that game, the Minnesota Vikings gave up zero points. They led 17-0 at halftime. They had given up against a Saints team, which is coached by Sean Payton, who's a very good offensive-minded coach, 149 yards, 48 rushing, 101 passing. All right. Since then, so I'm giving you now five and a half games. Second half of the Saints game, in which they came back and scored 24 points and darn near won, if not for an improbable uh, throw by Case Keenum and catch by Stephon Diggs. At Philadelphia, NFC Championship game, opener... U.S. Bank Stadium against San Francisco at Green Bay, the debacle against the Bills, and then last night. Since then, the Vikings have given up five and a half games, 172 total points. That's 31.3 average points per game. My goodness. They've given up in the past five and a half games, 2,191 yards. And you say, okay, but but what is that? 
It is 398.4 average yards per game. They have given up 1,633 passing yards. That is 297 yards per game. Mm. Now, to put that in context of what that means to a Mike Zimmer defense, which we all lauded and praised and have for quite some time, last season, 16 regular season games, the Vikings gave up, on average, 15.8 points per game. They were the number one scoring defense in the National Football League. Yep. 15.8 points per game in 16 regular season games in 2017. The past five and a half games, 31.3. Wow. Last season in 16 regular season games, the Vikings gave up 4,415 total yards. That's an average of or 275.9 per game. That was also first in the National Football League. In the past five and a half games, I just told you, that number has climbed to 398.4. Last season, they gave up 3,078 pa- uh, passing yards. That was 192.4 yards average per game. That was second in the National Football League. 192.4 in the past five and a half games has been 297. Mm. So as good as Goff and the Rams were, if you for one second say, well, yeah, but the Rams are... No, no, this is a this is a five and a half game. This has and, become a trend. And don't give me sample size. This has become a trend. This is a trend, and it's incredibly yep. troubling. And I've got a lot of questions, including this one. Where are the adjustments? I mean, we, we can get, get into this with Collar during the football hour at 5 o'clock. But where are all these adjustments? Where are all these ideas? They are, because it's very clear the teams are having, Manny, they're having great success mm-hmm. by picking on the Anthony Bars, Eric Kendricks, whose play has Nowhere definitely to be found. taken a step back. Yep. But you got to do something here. You can't just. It's almost as if, from an outsider's point of view, you're watching a coach saying, "But my system works." Well, I got news for you. Since halftime, and we've, of the Saints, we've heard that before from head coaches. I know, but but in and, this town, and I'm amazed here. I'm a Zim guy. I Me think too. he's a hell of a coach. So I don't understand what has what has flipped the script here to such degree that this defense has gone from being probably the best and certainly a top two or three in the entire league into being what looks right now to be a laughingstock. But you've got 10 days now. Yeah. you got to do something. And you can't just and you can't just say, we're going to clean, clean it up and be fine. People have, people have exploited what you don't do well. And in professional sports, the next thing is, what's the adjustment to the adjustment? Yeah. And this is the first time I think that we've seen Zim not adjust. Yeah. Well, because, and you, you hit it right there. The adjustments. What's the one thing that we've always talked about with Mike Zimmer is that he makes great adjustments. Go back to the last Rams game last year. The Rams go right down the field. The first possession of the game, they score a touchdown. They get nothing after that. Nothing. And that was a testament to how good Mike Zimmer had been at making adjustments throughout a game and throughout a season. And right now, Teams are torching his defense. They're torching his baby, what he is so good at. And teams are having their way. Jared Goff had his way with the Vikings defense last night. And now, now you have to look at Mike Zimmer and say, okay, now what? You're getting you're getting blown out of the building week after week after week now. What are you going to do about it? What adjustment are you going to make? And you got flat out out coach last night. Yes. And now this has become I 
I hate to focus too much on one game because I feel like that provides the opportunity for well, it's going to change. But this has been going. But on. This has been going on. But yeah. you got you got flat out out schemed badly last night, and I really, in some weird way, because I don't absolve this guy at all, but I, in some weird way, at times felt bad for Anthony Barr last night. The girly touchdown, the throw by Goff was a great throw, but Barr has to do something there. Yeah. But the next, he's got to turn around, make a try, and make a play on the ball or something. He yeah. was Bar was picked on on three touchdowns and touchdowns two and three. It was inexcusable that 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 he ended up on a receiver, a running back or tight end. I get it. You you've got to do your job, do something. But that second touchdown, the one to Cooper Cup, where where Mackenzie Alexander had him on what would have been Alexander's right side of the field, and Cup ran a, a crossing route. And Alexander either got confused or it wasn't supposed to be his man at that point. I, I don't know. Yeah. But for Anthony Barr to be attempting to streak down the field with Cooper Cup and with Jared Goff at quarterback, that is flat out, you got done by Sean McVay. Yeah, and, and I heard Zimmer after the game last night, he said, because somebody asked him, I think it might have even been Courtney who asked him, like, was what was, McKen- was McKenzie supposed to be in on that play? Like, what happened there? And I guess Zim just said something like, you know, he okay, Cup ran a he ran a wheel route and somebody there's supposed to be backside help. So that's I'm guessing that's safety help that yeah, he means by that. That's, but like, that's coach that's coaching though. I mean I, I saw that quote, but that's still like what 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 yeah. does that even what does that even mean? Like either right. way, okay, okay, let's say that is what it was. Well, why wasn't there any backside help? Yep. If there was supposed to be backside help there. What happened? And how many times have we seen now either tight ends or running backs leak out and get massive gains? Gurley got a 50-plus yarder last night, which should have been a block in the back on Sandejo. But nonetheless, Manny, that was a that, that was textbook of what we now see constantly. Yeah. Uh, a couple times, it seems like, per game, where somebody gets out there, catches what amounts to probably, what, a 10 to 15-yard pass, 10 yards, and goes mm-hmm. 50. And so, this is, as I said before, you've got 10 days now. Either you're going to solve this very quickly and and clean up the past five and a half games of absolutely defensive dreck, or your season's pretty much done. Yeah. Because you're getting exploited. And here's what disappoints me so much. <laughs> and this is why every time I believe in a coach or a team, I seem to get burned. How many times did we sit here during the course of the offseason and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles NFC Championship game against the Vikings and say, but Zim will fix that. You know, they got done in that game. It was bad. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things exploited, but Zimmer will fix. He's yeah, so We he's just so called good. it. That was just a bad night. Yes. Worst time of the year to have a bad night, but it was a bad night. It was an anomaly. Right, which is why last night's not yeah. a bad night. Last night is a is a growing trend of something that is being allowed to go on here, and and I get it. Trey Waynes uh, got hurt in the opening half. I, I think they called it a concussion. I, I thought that he had tweaked that ankle again, but they called mm-hmm. it a concussion. I get that. Griffin didn't play. That hurts you. I get that. But nonetheless, but you still have enough. And those guys to were be better. And those guys were around for other games too. Yeah. This started at halftime, second half of the Saints game. Mm-hmm. So those games have not... Griffin played up until last Sunday against Buffalo. Yep. Trey Waynes has played. So this is... If this was just one game, 
It would be a different discussion, and I think I'd be siding with uh, Zim will fix it. He's got 10 days to fix it. Well, he well, needs he had, to fix it. He had he months, better fix it. He had months to fix this. He had months to fix this. And the Rams, the Rams looked absolutely brilliant offensively last night. But I have to admit, there's a, there's some things about the Vikings' one, two, and one start, Manny, that don't shock me. The defensive performance absolutely floors me. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I don't, I mean, like we talked about on Ventline last night, I mean, Mike Zimmer knows more about football than either one of us could even imagine. But the the thing the thing with the bar situation, and I talked about this last night too. Okay, he can't cover guys. He can't cover wide receivers. But what is happening to where he's constantly in a position like last night to have to cover Robert Woods yeah, that's or right. Cooper Cup? I felt or, bad. Yeah, yeah. Why, why is he getting put into those situations? Like. That's 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 a question that, that's a question that I have for Mike Zimmer right now is why does that that should not be happening and what happened and why is that happening and what what happened to all the uh, talk in training camp about you know what Barr's going in, into the last year of his contract and the best idea is for him to often put a hand down and rush because he's good there we he, haven't seen that at all he's never been good in coverage this is not no. a surprise and you, we we have not seen him as a pass rusher at all this Gr- season and Griffin's out last night. Yep. So, so you you would think that if you're ever going to take the chance to come up, especially against a Rams team where you know offensively they're this good, wouldn't you think that there would be the opportunity to throw in some twists, to have bar rush, to blitz? Mm-hmm. Where and it, where, it's as if Zimmer is it's as if he is saying my system should work here. Yeah, and that is that is the that, last that, that thing gets you I into expected. Trouble, man, I, that is the last thing I expected because ordinarily nobody adjusts better or comes up with more different ideas and we haven't seen it there was a head coach here who talked a lot about his system it was on offense and he talked a lot about his system and that got you into trouble it got you into trouble well, so, and he, and he I mean, wasn't a very good coach, and this guy is. And that, that's, that's that's what's why so I'm perplexing here. about this is that with Brad, I was never floored because I always I always thought, yeah, he didn't call plays in Philadelphia. He's just not that good. Mm-hmm. But this guy, this is perplexing. I don't get it. I spent five, I spent six months saying, well, he'll get this right, Philadelphia. Yeah, he'll get this right. Doug Peterson exposed things. Okay, he'll fix this. They're one, two, and one. Mm-hmm. And they're giving up points like there's no tomorrow. They're giving up points and yards. This isn't this looks nothing like defensively and and all right, so let's just give them the benefit of the doubt here and say Griffin was out last night and that that hurts them. I ask you, schematically, are you seeing anything though to say okay, we're without this player so let's adjust something here. Let's change something. I'm not seeing it. I didn't see it. You've got to get more pressure on Goff, don't you? Yeah. That's the other thing is we're not we're not seeing a pass rush, and that's you know if you want to say Everson's out, so that's why Manny. Then I would say yeah, but let's then adjust, Anthony Barr. Let's do something different to get that pass rush, and you still don't see it. 
All right, let's uh, take our first break. TCL Broadcast Studios. The show is Mackie and Judd. Philip will join at 4 o'clock. If you'd like to join the conversation, we can certainly do some uh, day after Viking debacle vent line. 651-646-8255. if you're outside the metro. Also, coming back, uh, Zim did a conference call today, and he did assess some blame I'm not sure it's correct. We'll get to that next. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN. And a quick look at your traffic. It is brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. 694 Westbound, we have a crash uh, adding about four minutes to your commute. Uh, That is between Central Avenue and University Avenue in Fridley. So be on the lookout for that. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. Gurley, spinning catch. Gurley breaking one. Inside the 30. Hughes brings him down inside the 20. Play action to him. Goff floats, cut, downfield. What a throw. Cooper Cup. Goodbye. Touchdown Rams. Second question uh, today in a conference call with uh, Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer on the day after the loss to the Rams. The question, can you talk about your pass coverage issues and what were your concerns in that area? Quote Zimmer, who clearly has read everything written so far in the past 24 hours. Quite honestly, it wasn't nickels and linebackers. It was guys getting out of position. It was some misdirection plays similar to what we've gotten before. Some of it was corners, some of it was safeties, some of it was linebackers, some of it was nickels, some of it was me. So it's a long way of saying everybody screwed up. I'm sorry, but Anthony Barr was burned for three touchdowns, and on two, if he really was supposed to be on the wide receivers, which we know he wasn't, something's gone very, very wrong. Let's go to our friend Realistic Randy in Oakland. What's up, Randy? How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. I would have called in yesterday, but Thursday night was kind of weird. I'm still at work, so sure. we yeah, missed you. Wasn't able to make it. Yeah, Glad to hear so from I figured you now. I'd, get, <laughs> I'd figure I'd give a call today, but you know, Mike Zimmer has gotten the pass forever now. As far as when things go wrong, it's okay. Mike Zimmer, he's the greatest coach. We need him and all this stuff. But this defense has been atrocious. Daniel Hunter last night was the only player, in my opinion, on defense that showed any heart out there especially on that one play where Todd Gurley broke off for like a 50-yard run. Everybody else was just trotting along, just, oh, okay, I guess this is just what's happening. <laughs> and Daniil Hunter actually ran his ass off and made the first contact where he was able to get taken down. The rest of that defense, they showed no heart. There's no run stopping. There's no pass rush whatsoever besides the few plays that Daniil Hunter made. The linebackers are completely trash. The secondary, nobody's able to cover anybody. And you know what? I've heard this saying as far as, well, Xavier Rhodes, he can't cover the shifty receivers like Brandon Cooks. I watched Xavier Rhodes in person two years ago in 2016 at U.S. Bank Stadium shut down Odell Beckham Jr. I watched him last year hold Antonio Brown in check. He's not himself. He's looking like some Swiss cheese out there. And the thing about Mike Zimmer is, and you guys talked about this, where are the adjustments at? You've, I've seen Mike Zimmer make adjustments early on in his career with this team, and now it's like he has no answer for anything. 
all game long, the Rams were running counterattacks, or not counterattacks, counter runs the entire game. And we all knew this to where the offensive side of the ball, the offensive lineman would move to one side, Todd Gurley would follow them, then he would cut back and then run the opposite the opposite direction and then run straight up the middle for about six or seven yards a pop. There was no answer for that. And then Anthony Barr, we knew after the first two touchdowns, I mean, good Lord, you'd figure, okay, they're clearly targeting this guy. Let's get him off the field. Maybe we can put George Iloka out there. But instead, Zimmer had no adjustment for that. He's like, nope, Anthony Barr, he's just going to be left out there. It's time for George Edwards to call plays. Mike Zimmer clearly just doesn't have it anymore. And I've been saying all along, Anthony Barr needs to be traded. It's time for Eric Wilson to take over for Anthony Barr. Eric, There is nothing that Anthony Barr does on that field that Eric Wilson can't do. And by the way, Eric Wilson is making, what, five and a half or $550,000 compared to Anthony Barr, his, his, his bum ass out there, making over $12 million on his fifth-year option. It's ridiculous. You bypass this offense your entire time here as a head coach, Mike Zimmer, saying, oh, North Turner, Pat Shermer, uh, Flip, you guys take care of the offense. I'm going to take care of this defense. And you can't even get your defense together. He deserves to be on the hot seat. Randy, great call. Thank you, sir. Of course. All right. Next time. Talk to you. Bye. Realistic Randy coming with the fire oh, he's on always, Friday, man. He's always great. He's always fantastic. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... It's hard to argue against I, what he said. I usually am one of the first people to be down on a, a, a coach or a player in this town, but I've given Zimmer a huge pass. Mm-hmm. I gave him an offseason of a pass. I think a lot of people have given him a pass. And I did. Because you, you look on, on the surface, yeah. you look at two division titles in four years, an NFC title game appearance last year, 13 and 3. So it's easy to give him a pass, but you have to look at the situation for what it is right now. He won me over after the um, after the players went rogue in Green Bay, because after that, and th- that was the one I think where Newman told Rhodes, "Don't worry about what the assignment Mike just gave you to cover Jordy Nelson exclusively." And I thought this is a mess. This is not good. Miscommunication. That's what uh, yeah. Xavier Rhodes called it. Yeah. Miscommunication. And then Zimmer, at the end of that year, basically said, I know I screwed some things up. I'm going to talk to players. I'm going to learn. And he did. And I thought, my gosh, he's in his 60s. He is a bull in a china shop, but he can learn. That really impressed me. You know, Tibbs hasn't learned a thing in his life. And so I said to myself, okay, if this guy in his 60s can adjust this much to players, that's really impressive. So I said, okay, the Philadelphia game's awful. Totally get that. But he'll adjust. Mm-hmm. And it, as I told you, there's no, there's nothing you can, no matter how ardent a Viking fan you are, there's no way you can spin the stats I gave you at the start of the show for the past five and a half games into a, oh, it's not that bad. Halftime of the Saints game, you just started to melt down and you are just melting down continually now. I will admit that I thought after the 49ers game, there I saw some things that were like, eh. That's not good. Tight ends. But, but yeah, tight ends. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, okay, well, first week, first week of the season, they're working out a few things. They won the game, so they'll figure it out. Right. And then you go to Lambeau Field, and it's like, oh, you're not stopping the run. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron, being Aaron Rodgers, but 
On one leg. On one leg. Oh, okay. And then Sunday happened. Yeah. And you're like, what the bleep? Yes. Sunday was, in football sense, a life-changing football event. Mm-hmm. Sunday altered forever how I will feel about the 2018 Vikings. It's going It's going to take a lot to win back my belief and or trust. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm at work. Great to hear from you. Go ahead. You're on. All right. So I think people need to calm down a little bit because our defense did look bad and they need to get it together, but we played a great team. And the refs called a terrible game. Like, if they made the right calls, I think we could have easily won that game. Well, they missed the block in the back, which led to yeah. a field goal, but that didn't cost the that, Vikings that the game. That was the only that was the only what, thing I saw from the refs. Last which night. other calls are, are you uh, referring to that you think cost them the game? Well, I can't think off the top of my head, but there was like uh, a few of the ones where they uh, receivers where they went after the helmet, like Diggs' uh, helmet flew off one of the times, and then it happened at Dealing where they like sandwiched them, and it was just I don't know, it was some questionable calls. All right, Sean, thanks. That wasn't the problem. And the Thielen play was not anything that was a penalty. No. If the Vikings had done the same thing, we would all be thrilled that the Rams receiver got hit like that. That was... The The Thielen thing, he got kneed in the helmet. Yeah. It was incidental contact, and he had to come off the field for a play because of the, what do they call it, the ATC... Yeah, the spotter up in the, spotter, the press yeah. box can can buzz the referee and, that's and say just standard, he has to come off. That's just standard NFL protocol. Well, I mean, you just and the fact that he went he went nuts about it and was so upset, I, I think, caused Vikings fans to be upset because he wasn't worried. Because Thielen wasn't. I'm, I'm guessing he wasn't upset about getting kneed in the helmet. He no. was upset because he was being pulled out of the Correct. game. Correct. Right. But then I tweeted he should calm down because this is part of protocol. Yeah. And fans were like, he shouldn't calm down. This never happens. Well, I'm sure it does happen. And this is, again, we can't be... <laughs> if you're going to go with that one, if you're going to go with the, yeah, Thielen's right, then you got to go with the, I don't care about head head injuries or concussions. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, you can't be like, well, we care about our, we care about these young men who play this game and want to protect them, but you can't take Thielen off the field. Uh, 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. It is a... Uh, uh, Friday edition of Ventline. If you're outside the Metro, 877-615-1500. We're in the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie and Judd, Phil will join in about a half hour or so. Zolgad, Manny, and when we come back, we also have to talk about the quarterback. There was a lot of good. And there was one, you talk about patterns, Manny Hill, there was one pattern that continued with Kirk Cousins that if it doesn't bother you, you are not paying attention to football. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. You tell me, man. I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know. I took a five-step drop, go to throw my shallow cross to Adam, put it on his inside shoulder, and the ball didn't, you know, got hit. 651-646-8255, that of course being the uh, voice of Kirk Cousins, TCL Broadcast Studios right now, Zolgad, Manny Hill, Phil will join at uh, 4 o'clock. By the way, if you're outside the Metro, 877-615-1500, if you want to uh, call in and vent about the 1-2-1 Vikings like David does. Hello, David. 
Hello, how are you doing? I'm outstanding today. How are you? Hey, I agree with most of your comments. I also like to make one comment or the, the Buffalo game. Yeah. And no disrespect to Danny Green, but uh, I think him being honored in the Ring of Honor was totally concise or typical of one of his coaching jobs, the way they flattened out like that. Oh, the way they played? I, yes. <laughs> and also the previous caller mentioned the referees, and I I don't think they made a big difference, except for the one where Thielen caught the ball and no one touched him. Yeah, that was a bad call. Ran again. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah, that's true. So I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they score off that drive, though? No, they got a field goal, I believe. Okay. All right, thank you. Thanks. Okay. Appreciate All the call. Right. Um Let's go back to the phone lines. Saeed, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. How are you today? I'm doing good. Good. You're on the air. So, I have, like, okay, so I am I had a whole uh, problem with the sign of uh, John DeFlippo. Is that how you say his name? Yep, DeFlippo, yep. Um, yeah, so I know a lot of people were hyped up for the signing, but looking back, um, I wasn't really excited because with the Eagles, I thought that, uh, Pedersen, you know the head coach over there, yep, was making calls. I thought he was, um, he was the one who was running that offense over there. So I'm just uh, confused about why he was hyped up. I still don't see it. He he makes a lot of um, <clears throat> boneheaded calls at times, you know. So I just don't see it. All right, thanks. Appreciate the call. I'm not sure about that. Kirk Cousins now now they can't run the ball, and I don't know. I think it's a combination, Manny, of the fact that they're behind so consistently now. And this the, this offensive line, listen. The run blocking has been not good. Any problems this offensive line has, I ain't surprised. We talked about this one. Mm-hmm. The this def- was a concern going into the season. The defense, absolutely, the ineptitude floors me. The offensive line, hey. We kind of saw this. We said, you know what? You, you allowed yourselves to go through 2016. You improved yourselves in 17, and you took a clear step back then, especially at the guard position for 18. And when Nick Easton got hurt, it got worse. So, Do I need to go on my rant that I went on last night on I, Ventline again about the fact that yeah. they did not address this offensive line in the offseason? Okay? And don't tell me that they didn't need to. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I mean, no. And you, you got okay. And no one in their right mind should. Right. I mean, because you would have to okay. be a complete Viking homer to tell you that. Riley Reef was really good at left tackle for you last year. Yep. Okay. Remmers was pretty good at right tackle. Then you had to move him inside when guys got hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nick Easton. Okay. I don't think they could have foresaw his neck and back injuries or whatever that put him out for the season this year. But he was good for you last year. But your right guard, Joe Berger, retired. And you had no what what was your backup for that? What what was what was your plan for that? And you had an opportunity in the first round to draft uh Hernandez or somebody like that to be your right guard. And you didn't do it. And you took Mike Hughes, and Mike Hughes might end up being pretty good. But again, like I said last night. Why are you why are you approaching the offensive line, your biggest glaring need in this offseason, so nonchalantly, but in the fifth round, you gotta trade up. We gotta trade up and get this kicker from from Auburn because he's he can kick a ball sixty five yards and the, the punter, we gotta we gotta get a new punter because 
you know, we just we, we got to get a new this punter. Poor kid you're, 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 on the ball. You're, you're you're trying to yeah. fix things that you tried to fix things that didn't need to be fixed. Well, you also while didn't. you're you're sitting here with your you need a you need a guard, you need an interior lineman, and you didn't go get one. You didn't address positions that people like you and me told you to. Yeah, that means that it's at that point that you've crossed the line of being smug. You're now smug. When I can tell you, Rick, go take a guard. Okay, you took my cues. All right, I'm not even going to criticize you. I didn't criticize that at the time. I mm-hmm. said, that's interesting, but I did not criticize it because I like first-round cornerbacks. Right. But I said, get the hell up in the second round. I don't care what you have to do. Give up some of your you know, your valued draft picks. It's mm-hmm. gold. It's gold. Well, it's not gold if you don't use it right. Yep. Get up and take somebody in that run of guards. And instead, they took a they took a they took a, a tackle who's yep. not and, even close to being ready to play. And I've said this before, and I told Collar on the Purple Podcast this last night. And it's the rule of thumb, especially in this sport, because football is a brutal sport, and and you've got a lot of people on your roster, and things are going to go wrong. You have to allow for the fact that things are going to go wrong. Don't add to the things that can go wrong. Everson Griffin's out of their control. It's a sad story, and mm-hmm. it's out of their control. They cannot control that. It stinks, but they can't control it. Players are going to get, I don't know, maybe in trouble. Players are certainly going to get hurt. You're Mm -hmm. going to have adversity. So you know what you don't do? You don't self-inflict adversity. And when you get cute with your draft picks and when you trade up to get a kicker or when you decide your punter who is just fine can be replaced by a big leg kid who hasn't punted very much previously and I don't think had a pro game under his belt. And pretty much every punt he's he's had this year has damn near been blocked. And he's had one that's been blocked already. And he had a few more last night that were almost blocked. He seems to get a running try to get a running start with a ball or something. It's really weird. The Packers saw it. Yeah. The Packers blocked that punt largely because they they saw in the 49er film that flaw. Hey Andy, thanks for holding. Uh yeah, I got a question for you guys. Sure. Um why would they get rid of Case Keenum at the end of the year after he takes them all the way to the championship game? Regardless, maybe he got a little bit nervous in the championship game, but you look at what Green Bay did when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre. He didn't take him to the championship game the first year he took over. He's not, he wasn't as good as Case Keenum. And look what they did with Aaron Rodgers. Wait, are you, wait, Andy, are you saying Aaron Rodgers wasn't as good as Case Keenum when he took over for Brett Favre? Right. You're kidding me. No. But and, You're kidding me, Andy. Andy I'm talking about Kirk, the first year okay. that he took over for I'm saying he might have been as good as Case Keenum, but he didn't take him to the championship game. And they worked with Aaron Rodgers and they developed him over the years. But he was young he, but he was, was young, Andy. Yeah, he was developmental. Like Case Keenum is thirty, yeah. I think. And he's already but, Case Keenum's already been in the league for Kirk, a while. Kirk Cousins is not the overriding problem right now. He threw for uh, 422 yards and three touchdowns last night. So what? The problem is the defense is collapsing. True, true. 
true. The house is burning down, and, and the fire's in the bedroom, not the kitchen, so go up to the, the bedroom and put that fire out, Andy. True, but I'm just saying, you know, they, they had a pretty good thing going the first year. They should have stuck with it. Well, how's, here's, my, here's my question for you, Andy. Do you know how Case Keenum is doing in Denver right now? Yeah, I know, but you can't really go by that because he was used to the Vikings. and They changed coordinators. But, but Andy, they changed coordinators. Pat Shermer is now coaching the Giants. Right, right. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. I think we were concerned about the wrong thing there. I think so. Listen, Andy, there's a lot of problems. I mean, I, we can pick on this team a lot until We could pick on Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins yeah, is right. not a perfect player, right, so but, I mean, he did throw for 422 yards last night. He did. He He's kind of like very, very low on the list of problems for this team right now. He is, and the only problem is this. After uh, losing two fumbles in the first half against the Bills on Sunday, he got stripped again last night. Mm-hmm. Since and and once again, people are going to say, "But look at the offensive line, and he had pressure." Okay, that's all true. I get that. You just have to look at context with all of this stuff, right? Because we got trends. Right. We've got we've got trends, and we've got statistics. And Kirk Cousins now broke a tie that he didn't want to break with Russell Wilson last night, with thirty five fumbles now since the start of the two thousand fifteen season. He has the most fumbles in the National Football League in that time, and he's lost 14, including three in the past two games. Kirk Cousins in no way was the problem last night. He did not lose that game. But I will tell you this. It's concerning when you have a guy who there are situations, and this is where it's tough to tell, but 35 fumbles is a ton of fumbles. Mm Mm-hmm. Manny, what's concerning here about Cousins' penchant for fumbling, though, is, listen, if you get hit and you get stripped, it might be very difficult and you lose the football, and we all get that. But you can see continually he doesn't have the God-given gift that some quarterbacks do to feel pressure. Yeah, He just doesn't. And you can't, I, you can't fix that. I don't think you can teach that. Like, you can't say, hey, Kirk, we're going to. You know, this is not a... This is not a fixable problem that a running back has with fumbles, being stripped, okay, hold it high and tight, or in the arm away from the defender. This is, uh, I'm back in the pocket, and I'm waiting, and I'm looking for my primary receivers to come open, and option one's not open, and option two's not open, and now the pressure's coming from my blind side, and I just don't sense it. I don't think you can teach that away. The other thing is... Dalvin Cook, I mean, part of what, part of why we've been so high on Dalvin Cook is because of what he can bring you in the passing game, right? Mm-hmm. Last night, 10 carries, 20 yards. Okay. We know the running game is a problem. Mm-hmm. Run blocking is a problem. Mm-hmm. No targets for Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Dal- last night. Don't you think Dalvin Cook doesn't play last night unless they were desperate? I think that, that hamstring was still bad. Yeah. And I think the realistic, realistically, he, if that had been, if the Vikings had won in Green Bay or Buffalo, which they obviously should have beat the Bills, I think he doesn't play. So he played, he played hurt last night. Jay Glazer on the Fox pregame show said he was going to be on a pitch count throughout the game. And we saw that. 
I don't know if he played in the second half, and he did not play in that last series where where Cousins eventually got stripped and lost the ball. I want to say that uh, Cook did not play. I think Rock Thomas and Mike Boone did. So, yeah, no. but but once again, but the Dalvin Cook thing goes to the point of things are going to go wrong. Don't add to them yourself. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. That's unfortunate. You know, they had Bradford played the Saints game and was brilliant in the opener in 2017. And then he got hurt or couldn't play. And that was a setback. But if you think about how many things went right for that team from that night on and the amount of guys, now Cook got hurt, but there was a lot of things, especially defensively, that went very well. Yeah. But you're going to have guys, Bradford's going to get hurt, or your quarterback is at times, certainly, and um, Dalvin Cook is going to get hurt. It's going to happen. So what you don't want to do is add to the problem yourself by making dumb moves. Let's go back to the phone lines here uh, before we take a break. Hey, John, how are you? Thanks for holding on. Yeah, Judd, um, so there's a fire in the Vikings organization. Question for you, can George Iloka help put that fire out? And then second of all... <laughs> That's a good question. Um, we don't know. He's not being allowed is, to suit up in his fire suit. <laughs> exactly. The other question I have for you is, Harrison Smith a better coverage guy than Anthony Barr? Yes. I, I, if so, yeah, yes. why don't you move Harrison, Harrison Smith to like a hybrid linebacker type position and maybe put Iloka or someone else back at you know free safety or strong safety to here? position that Harrison normally plays. Get a little more speed out there. John, apparently Anthony is, John, it's is a great, doing something. It's a great point. And I said this, why not, if Iloka can play, and, and I think they did this, they certainly did this in week one against San Francisco, and they did it last night in the fourth quarter. Why not go, instead of doing the nickel package with three corners, why not take Mackenzie Alexander, who really can't play off the field entirely, and put Iloka or Curse and Sandejo at the safeties, and have Harrison Smith try and cover guys because he's got a better. You're right; he's got a better shot. Yep. I don't know. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks. John. Appreciate it. Leroy, how are you? Good, doing well, doing well. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Go ahead. Excellent. So I got two points. Number one, I think it's so it's we are understating the impact that Everson Griffin's heart and soul has on our defense. He's our oldest, most veteran player. Um, he motivates our guys, and he keeps us locked in. I think what he's going through is being felt throughout the defense, number one. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. Number two, sure. um, the, the identity of our offense is changed. And I think it really stems from, in my opinion, the difference between Dalvin Cook's running style and uh, Latavius Murray's running style. So – we are, are we're passing the ball way more. Um, I've, when I've seen Latavius run the ball this year, he's done exactly what Latavius does: puts his head down, hits the hole strong, and gets you four yards. Um, I think Zimmer's not used to running an offense that throws the ball that much, and we're underestimating the impact that has defensively because our guys are back out on the field quickly, don't get the rest, don't get the uh, the communication that they need to to. to implement fixes. Those are my points. Love to hear what you guys think. Thanks, sir. I'll take point one. The Griffin thing, I could I could, I guess, sort of buy a certain degree of that for the Bills and Rams games, but I'll go back and give you the stats again. 
since halftime, so second half of the Saints playoff game, this team is giving up an average of per game. So the past five and a half games. So that includes uh, second half of the Saints, Philadelphia, the full game, San Francisco, Green Bay, Bills and Rams. 31.3 points, 398.4 yards, 297 passing yards. So that's five games? That's five and a half games. Five and a half games. Everson Griffin has been present for three and a half of those five and a half games. Correct. So... And I know he was dealing with the, the plantar fasciitis late last year, but I mean, he was out there. The emotion, the, the emotion stuff that the caller was talking about. I mean, Everson Griffin's his emotions, his his leadership has been present for three and a half of the five games. Yeah, and and what, by the way, too, what do teams always tell us when things like this happen? What do we always hear from teams? We always hear from teams. We got to play with the guys we got. Yeah, you know distractions don't matter. We got to play with the guys we got, and there's enough there. There's enough talent, even in the absence of Everson Griffin, to to play. There's enough talent to play better than what we saw last night, especially. Well, and and the average points given up per game shouldn't go from last season fifteen point eight first in the league, which is outstanding, to thirty one point three. It just shouldn't. Hi, Bruce. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm outstanding. I saw two things last night, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me, mm-hmm. but Dalvin Cook, I think the first play carried for like eight yards, and it was some deception there. He went eight yards, and then you know what? It was kind of a disaster. The offensive line, is, uh, we all know what that is. But the second thing, I saw Kurt Cousins. There was a lot of movement, a lot of dropping back, play action left, play action right, faking, him going the other way and rolling out. If he'd have got back and stayed in that pocket, he'd have got destroyed. And, you know, I think that was mainly the reason what made everything go good for him. He passed for a lot of yards. He did a good job. That uh, Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator must have done a good job because they cannot pass or run block. I don't know what they can do. Hi, Bruce. Thanks. I don't know if you agree with me. Yeah, no, they, well... The problem is this. If they can run block, we're sure not seeing it. Yeah. But there's no, there is nothing about not now getting Elfline back at center certainly does help a lot. But when it comes to the guard positions, and I've got those stats here. It when didn't it, help Tom Compton last it, night. No, and Tom Compton is not He's not a starting a start, guard. You're right. He's played okay. I mean, outside of last night. I mean, he had a tough matchup last night. The only the best interior lineman in football. He's played okay, but, but he's not. He's not. Too he's much not. Him. Yeah, you're. You're just asking too much. Uh, George Iloka, Mike Zimmer was asked about it today. I've got the answer. Why is George Iloka not playing? Or I've got a reason why. I'm, I'm not sure. I buy it. TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil's going to join us around the corner. Mackie and Judd's the show right now. It's Zolgan Manny Hill. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder: this station does not endorse this on 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic in the TCL Broadcast Studios. At 94 eastbound, we have a crash between Lexington and Western in uh, St. Paul. That's adding about eight minutes to your commute, so be on the lookout for that. You know, we've never been, probably anywhere I've ever been, I've never been this poor uh, in pass coverage, so... 
Uh, we're have to look at everything we're doing and get back to doing things correctly. All right, th- that was Zim last night after the Vikings lost to the uh, Rams today on a conference call. He was asked this question. What can George Ioloka do to show you that you want him to be more part of his game plan, of this game plan for your team from now on? That is the question. Mm. Answer, Mike Zimmer. I am not really worried that at this stage and point, I'm guessing he said about that. When George gets an opportunity, he will get an opportunity. I have complete confidence in him. Typically, there are two safeties on the field. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I got some I, I got some I like, and he is just going to have to wait his turn. He will get an opportunity at some point, I am sure. Okay. But okay, but that doesn't explain the the idea of being creative and actually if Iloka can play and you're doing this with curse of using three safeties. Your the nickel defense is a mess. Mackenzie Alexander can't do it and Mike Hughes should not be expected to be able to do it at a high level right now. So you're going to have to get creative here. Yeah. You got a veteran safety and and I'm not saying George Iloka should come down and cover receivers on a regular basis. I am saying Harrison Smith last night, you know what Sean McVay did? He said, hallelujah, Harrison Smith's just going to play safety. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere near 22. So if you move him around, see, this is what we all thought. We all thought that Harrison Smith was, gonna, was going to be able to cause more havoc, that Anthony Barr was going to rush the passer, that they were going to get creative. I have an offensive line stat before we break, Manny Hill. From uh, the pro football focus, early grades are out. For the second week in a row, the Vikings offensive line surrendered a this is them, not me, whopping 29 total pressures. Three sacks, three hits, 23 hurries. Every starter on the offensive line surrendered at least four total pressures, and all of them allowed at least one sack or hit on Kirk Cousins. The worst, and this is not surprising, The worst pass-blocking performance came from poor left guard Tom Compton, who was, their words, not me, simply dominated by Aaron Donald. Compton surrendered seven total pressures on the night, including two sacks, and finished with a pass-blocking grade of 7.1. Wow. But he's a backup. Yeah. You're playing a backup. And you're having to do that in part because you decided that you didn't really need to listen to people who said you might want to take a guard. So when Easton got hurt, you compounded your problems, and uh, yeah, 7.1 grade. Mackie joins next. Go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN.